goes quickly. But anyway, you, you really love a study like that as a preacher because of the, you get to do some teaching, you end up doing some preaching, and, and you kind of feel a pressure that maybe it always needs to be a preaching Bible study with three points and a, and a good ending. But, but this being Bible study, we're going to switch gears for a little bit. We're, we're going to talk about the covenants of the Bible. I don't, I don't foresee them turning into sermons. Maybe they will. But, but if we could be of the mindset, maybe, that we're going to have our Bibles in front of us and, and as if we're sitting in that uncomfortable wooden chair with the, with the wood slapped right there in front of you in a, in a, in a, in a classroom-type setting. Um, because the covenants of the Bible have come upon my heart that we might share for a few weeks. There are eight covenants of the Bible that, that we're going to share. I don't think it will take the entire eight weeks, even though I'm not going to get into the first one tonight. We're just going to introduce them all. Uh, I think it's good, you know, when we have inspiration, and, and it's good when we have information. And uh, we shouldn't have just one, but we shouldn't ever be without either one. So that's what this is going to kind of be. And I'll just start off with the eight covenants of the Bible by listing the eight covenants in the Word of God that we have. And we'll, we'll repeat them at the, at the end of the message, maybe, if, uh, if it comes up. But, but there is the Adamic covenant, okay? There's the uh, Noahic covenant, there's the Abrahamic covenant. There's the, well, I'll call it the land covenant. Some call it the Palestinian covenant. We'll just say the land covenant. And then there's the Davidic covenant. There's the new covenant. There's the Mosaic covenant. And there's the Edenic covenant. And we're going to cover all of these over a period of time, over the next several weeks. Um... You know, and, and as we think about a covenant, some might call it a contract, you know, and a lot of times we might think of this as being between two people where two people are involved in the making of this and 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 to come to uh, to come together in harmony to do business with one another. But when it comes to the covenants of the Bible, now, we might say God made a covenant with so-and-so or, or, or this covenant that, God, that was between God and so-and-so. Let's understand something, that, that God has set forth His covenants, okay? And God has made covenant to man, all right? As in, as in humanity is, is not part of the process of, of the making or the agreeing in the covenants. Mankind is not an independent covenanting party. So God has made covenants to us. You know, because of us and for us, but to us, God has set forth His covenants. And as we think about our Father and we want to know more about God and we want to be closer to God, we will be able to do so by considering the covenants that God has made to us. 
It, it, it helps us to understand our God just a little bit better. And there are two different types of covenants that we're going to share. There are unconditional covenants and there are conditional covenants. There are two conditional covenants and there are six unconditional covenants that we're going to look into. As we consider the conditional covenants that we have, to put it in a phrase as if God would say it, the conditional covenants He made summed up in a statement would be, if you will, I will. In the unconditional covenants, it's I will. As if God were saying I will. But conditional, if you will, I will. God has given instructions in His conditional covenants. I'm going to say covenants a lot, so get ready for it. But He's given instructions for man to fulfill in His conditional covenants. If man will submit to God in action, fulfilling these conditional covenants, there will be a blessing. There's a blessing for obeying God. But if man will not feel, fulfill, will rebel against the covenants of God, there is a curse. It's a simple decision. You, you find it in the, in the book of Deuteronomy, a blessing or a curse. So if we respond in obedience to God's conditions, we will secure blessings. But there is going to, and, th and there's not just, I'm not doing them, and I'm just floating along, and everything's okay. It's, it's not as though, it's not as though if you don't do them, you just don't get the blessings. If, if we don't, there is a curse. There's a blessing or a curse. And that goes for these two conditional covenants of God. And, and we're going to, to summarize all of these covenants tonight in getting started that we might have our minds on them, that we might think about them. And so the first one we're going to read where I asked you to turn to is the, the Edenic covenants. And we find that in, in Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 28 through 30. Please follow along as I read. We're going to let the Word of God do a lot of the uh, the information that we get tonight. And it says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over living every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree, which is in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you. It shall be for me and to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. So we have the Edenic covenant. This is God's covenant to Adam. 
And Adam, of course, stood as representation for the entire human race. By the way, this isn't the whole covenant, but we're reading portions of this. And so Adam stood as representation of the whole human race. And Adam's actions and Adam's responses to God's covenant have fallen upon us. It is in it is in representation of us, okay? Now now the other conditional covenant is the Mosaic covenant. This was God's covenant specifically and only to Israel. It wasn't just given to Moses. It was given to Moses as representation of all the children of Israel. And Exodus 19, if you'll flip to the next book of the Bible, Exodus 19, we're going to read verses 3 through 8 as we consider this covenant that we're going to share. And it says, And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then shall ye be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and holy nation. You remember Peter talking about that later. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all the words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord had spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. So there we have the Mosaic Covenant. It's a covenant we'll talk about. It was exclusively, it was only for Israel with Moses in leadership of it. But now let's go into these unconditional covenants that God has made. We're going to talk about six of these. And the first one we'll start with is the Adamic Covenant. Now, now this is also a covenant, as you might guess, between God and Adam. And Adam, again, stood as the representation for the entire human race. And so I'm going to ask you now to go back with me to Genesis 3. And we're going to look at verse 14 at, at a good set of scriptures to wrap our minds around this Adamic covenant. Genesis Chapter 3 and verse 14. It says, And the Lord said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon the belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. 
unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception in sorrow. Thou shalt bring forth children and thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife. And hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art. And unto dust thou shalt return. So as we look at this adamant covenant, uh, we see something that the world needs to understand. That before any human being ever did anything good or anything bad, there was the sin nature that was given from Adam to us. A whole lot of religion would end in this world and all of the talk of of the human beings, good deeds and the human beings, bad deeds. I say good according to the world's uh, measure of good, because because we can't do good for God outside of faith. No good deed is seen as good by God outside of faith. But if the human being would see that the sin nature was passed from Adam to us and we're guilty in Adam, they don't even have to go to themselves and to measure out where they believe they stand as a human being in their good deeds and their bad deeds. That would be immediately cut out if everyone would understand that Adam was our representation. And when Adam rebelled against God, it sent a sin nature upon every single person that has ever come into this world. We'll probably spend one whole night on that one covenant. But then we're going to share the Noahic covenant. This is a covenant from God to Noah, assuring that judgment would not come upon the human race in the form of a flood, flooding the entire earth ever again. And and here we have we not only have had Adam standing in representation of the human race, but now here we have Noah standing in representation of the human race and the promise given to Noah uh, that there will not be a flood that will overtake the earth entirely again. And we can look at Genesis chapter nine and verse 12. And let's go ahead and read through some key scriptures that we can look at here for this. Genesis 9, verse 12. And we'll look at the token of the covenant. And God said, this is the token of the covenant, which I make between me and you and every living creature 
that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living thing, every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud. And I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and, the, and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, this is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. So we have the, the, the Noahic covenant and, and an idea of what we're going to be talking about in, in that one. And next we will go to the Abrahamic covenant. You can turn to Genesis 12. And we'll be in verse one, the Abrahamic covenant, as you might guess, this is God's covenant to Abraham. This is God making provision that Abraham would be the father of many nations and one nation in particular that he would be the father of would bring about the Messiah through that lineage. You know, Abram's, Abraham's name was Abram. And God changed it to Abraham. And he trusted in the covenant of God that he would be a father. Abraham means father of many children. And before he had any children, he called his, himself by that name, by faith, believing what God had for him in that covenant. So in Genesis chapter 12, the first couple of verses to help us consider this. It says, now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and I will curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed an unconditional covenant that God had made the Abrahamic covenant, which involves every one of us, a promise of what God's going to do. But there's another covenant. There's the land covenant. And and we'll go to Deuteronomy 30 and verse five to talk about that. Follow along in verses five through ten. Now, this land covenant is an unconditional covenant of promise of the land made from God and made to Israel. So in Deuteronomy 30, starting in verse five, it says, and the Lord God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed and thou shalt possess it and he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live. 
And the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon thine enemies and on them that hate thee, which persecuted thee. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord and do his commandments, which I commanded thee this day. And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand, in the fruit of thy body and in the fruit of thy cattle and in the fruit of thy land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good as he rejoiced over thy fathers. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law. And if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thine soul. The land covenant, the promised land that God had covenanted to Israel. And then First uh, Chronicles 17.10. First Chronicles 17.10. We're going to look at the Davidic covenant. We're, let's just start out reading that one before we have a few comments about it. First Chronicles, not Corinthians, Chronicles 17 and the middle of verse 10 says, moreover, I will subdue all thine enemies. Furthermore, I tell thee that the Lord will build thee an house and it shall come to pass when thy days be expired that thou must go to be with thy fathers, that I will raise up thy seed after thee, which shall be of thy sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build me in house, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son, and I will not take mercy away from him as I took it from him that was before thee. But I will settle him in mine house and in my kingdom forever, and his throne shall be established forevermore. And the, the basis of what we want to get there is, is the eternal dynasty that God has established with David in the Davidic covenant, a covenant from God to David of God, of, of David's eternal dynasty and and something else about this covenant, it more precisely marks the lineage by which the Messiah would would not not begin. He there's no beginning of our Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, but when he would manifest himself upon the earth and be born upon the earth. So this stands as not only David's eternal dynasty, but this stands for David's eternal descendant, that the Lord Jesus Christ would come through him. Now, let's look at the new covenant, Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31 and verse 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although 
I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. This is a covenant from God to Israel and we read of it here in the Old Testament, but this is a covenant that goes into the New Testament and this is a covenant with the basis of it being God's salvation. God saving people from their sins. You know, salvation is still happening today. God is still saving people. And there's some, there's some prophetic teaching in here about the salvation that shall happen in the future. God shall continue to save. During the tribulation, there are going to be Jews saved. And there are going to be amazing Jewish evangelists that preach unlike any preacher ever preached in this day and time. And there is going to be a revival among the Jews. Jesus once came unto His own and His own received them not. But there is something prophetic and a covenant that you and I can look forward to in God being mighty to save. Make no doubt about it that there's going to be no one who rejected Jesus Christ before He comes to the clouds that is going to be able to receive Him. But understand that there are going to be the salvation of many Jews in that time of tribulation. So the Lord has saved. The Lord is saving today. And the Lord shall save. We believe His covenant and we trust what God has made in covenant to us. And speaking of the future, that sends us into the timing of these covenants as we start to close this. You know, some of these covenants went into effect immediately. But then, though a covenant was made and it was sealed as it were, the covenant did not go into effect, not every one of them immediately. Some of them were later. Consider Abraham, who was the father of many nations. And it was some 25 years later that Isaac was born. So you have immediate covenants. You have covenants that came about 25 years later. Or if you consider the land covenant and the, the, and the actual partaking of that covenant uh, coming about, you know, I mean, from the land covenant to the land conquest, there was some 400 years between that happening. Nevertheless, God makes a covenant and God seals it and it shall come to pass. And, and the new covenant being full of prophetic promises, these are things that, that are as good as fulfilled. If you trust God, if you believe God's word, if you believe that his yea is yea and his nay is nay, and he cannot lie, then you understand that God's covenant, futuristically, is as good as fulfilled 
right now. And as we close and and maybe consider a prayer, prayer for this the, this study of these covenants, because this is something different we're going to do. We ought to pray that we would know our Lord that much more, that much more by by the contract, if you will, that he made to mankind. He loves us and he has made provision for you and I. We have a personal relationship with our God through Jesus Christ. God has always had his covenants, though, that he has set forth. And we can learn so much more about our father from these. And also that we might be able to rightly divide the word of God to know these covenants of God to just to have a study of these things. And, you know, and as we think about these covenants that God has made, it's hard not to overlap the idea of God's covenants with the word promise. Covenant and promise, they go together. But, but this isn't going to mean anything to the one who hasn't received the promise that comes by faith of Jesus Christ. God has made a promise to save those by faith of Jesus Christ. And with that said, I would like to close our introduction to this study with Galatians chapter 3. And I'm going to start reading in verse 17. It says, in this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before of God and Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more a promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. It is the law then, uh, is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. I pray that we have not one here today that has not entered into this promise of eternal life, your sins forgiven. It is by faith of Jesus Christ. It is nothing else but being born again of God, having the blood of Jesus Christ wash away all your sins, that you would be a partaker of this promise. It is an eternal promise for all. Faith of Jesus Christ. And with that, let's 
How about I'm going to say these covenants. I'm going to list these covenants. And then you say it after me. It's kind of something I would do in a teenage in a teenager atmosphere. But let's do this. We're going so that we might know these eight covenants of the Bible after this study is over. So we have the Adamic covenant. The Noahic covenant. Abrahamic covenant. Land covenant. Davidic covenant. The new covenant. Mosaic Covenant, the Edenic Covenant. Amen. Amen. Well, uh,